Now, Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. All right, say it with me. This is your Backyard Millionaire Creed. Promise yourself to invest in yourself. Promise yourself to trust yourself. You've got good instincts. Honor them. Promise yourself to never invest on an emotional basis. Mm -mm. Promise yourself to negotiate always with win-win in mind. Promise yourself to find a need in your marketplace and fill it. Promise yourself to begin with the end in mind with everything you do or say. Promise yourself to look forward but don't live in the future too far. That's no place to live. Promise yourself to learn from your past, but remember, don't spend too much time there either. You've made some mistakes, you're moving on, or you have some glory days, but you can't live there. Learn from your past, but move on. And promise yourself, no matter what else you do in life, live the good life right here in the present. Ah, welcome to my backyard. There is gold dust in the air today. All you've got to do is breathe deep and gain a mastery over your market. It's confusing when you look around and you look at the whole market and you look at the big wide world, global finance, collapse is imminent. I saw an expert just before Christmas stating he's got a lot of earballs. He's got a lot of platform out there and he said this is going to be the biggest contraction in the real estate market in my lifetime it's frustrating it's overwhelming it can be scary it can be just you know what forget it i'm out i'm just gonna it's gonna keep plowing my money into whatever or not even thinking about investing because what do you do i mean there's so much to know there's so much to pay attention to it's hard to understand we're going to be talking today about what's going on in the 2024 market and what you can do about it but all of it's going to come back to this mastery in your market, not the market, your market, your market could be like mine, one zip code. That's it. That's my market. Now I pay attention to what happens globally. I pay attention to what's happening with the dollar. I pay attention to what's happening with the petrodollar. What's going to be happening potentially with the digital central bank, digital currency, CBDC, all of that. You got to pay attention to it. It's not my focus, it's not my area of expertise, but I'm paying attention. I wanna know a little something about it, but I wanna have a mastery over my market. Even while you're maybe working on your credit, maybe it needs to improve. In the era of high interest rates, you need the best credit score you can get. Higher the rates, the higher your score needs to be to get the lowest rate possible. Maybe you need to be working on down payment. You know, you cannot save your way to wealth but you can invest your way to a fortune if you can learn to save. Maybe you need to be saving. Today may be the day, the era in which you save money and you're saving for the down payment. You're saving your rainy day account. You're building and establishing an investment account all the while learning your market, mastery over your market. When you're ready to invest, if you do these things and you gain a mastery over your market and you improve your credit, you improve your income, you improve your knowledge base, you, you read all you can, you learn all you can about your local market, pay attention to the wider market, learn your market, have a fingertip feel over it. When you're ready to make that investment, first or next, you're gonna be ahead of the game. 
I'm Chris Story here with a new fraud alert. Are you my daddy? <laughs> this just in a brand new scam. This one being perpetrated upon myself and Tiffany. Um, I, I'm laughing, but I'm only laughing at, at the predicament she and I found ourselves in with this scam, not the idea of somebody falling for it. That actually bothers me. It bothers me that there are people out there that are getting scammed, taken advantage of, and it's not just the senior population, but that really bugs me. When you see senior citizens that are targeted and money's absconded with, that makes me sick. So here's the one we got. Tiffany and I, um, the other night, had the, had the grandkids over. Kai was working on his uh, cooking badge. I think he called it Cast Iron Chef. Pretty funny. Anyway, so he, he made some chicken. And so we're having dinner, enjoying Kai's chicken, delicious. It's his Grandpa Norm's recipe he followed. It's fantastic. He did a good job. And suddenly Tiffany's phone, ding, get a little text message. And I, I go to hand it to her and I, I see the, the little readout at the beginning of the text. And it says, I think your husband might be my biological father. I want to talk to you. It's like, whoa, whoa, Tiff, hold on. Let me check this text message. And sure enough, it's this guy, who, this person, this text message could be a, anywhere, could be a, a 450 pound Ukrainian just looking to, to scan. We don't know who it is or what it is, but okay. So the, the message goes on to say that, you know, your husband, I'm 18 years of age. I don't need any money from you, blah, blah, blah. My mother has told me that your husband is my biological father and I just want to connect with him and I have my own place. Trust me, I don't need anything. If you come re reach back to me. And so <laughs> Tiffany's like, you've got some explaining to do. We laugh about it and just think, man, boy, these scammers are really getting inventive really creative, like bizarre. We couldn't figure out, like, what's the point of this scam? I know it's a scam, but what's the point of it? So then the next day, because I don't have social media on my phone, um, I don't trust myself with it. So I, I just, I'd be endless scrolling. I'm like, nope, I set my life up. Like, look, I can only get onto social media on my laptop when I'm at the office. That's it. So the next day I come in, I think it was yesterday, actually, come into the office and check my, um, Facebook, and there's a private message from this guy, and here's how it reads. I even hate to say guy because you don't know. A uh, 450-pound woman in Ukraine. We have no idea who this is. Okay. Uh, or, or China or North Korea. We, we don't know. Or Muncie, Indiana. Anyway, hi, I am blank, blank. Uh, I, I'm redacting the name because it's irrelevant. I, I believe you might be my biological father. I'm 18 years of age. I'm financially set, and I don't care for any money. See right there, I don't care for any money. Obviously, this is English isn't their first language. I just wanted to know the truth. I'm willing to do a blood test. Please get back to me as soon as possible. Thank you. Next message. If not, it's okay. I just want to know the truth. I don't live with any of my family. I live on my own and have my own apartment. I have a job. I'm good financially, so just please get back to me. I can care less. I just want to know the truth. My family won't say anything, and... I've been lied to my entire life, and I was told that I didn't have a father, and he died a long time ago. My grandma said I did, and then my mom finally fessed up and gave me your name. I just want to know the truth. Please get back to me. All right. What's funny about this to Tiffany and I is that we've been married 30, well, together 35 years. Our daughter's 34 years old. We, you know, like, hello. <laughs> you know, there's, I mean, this doesn't even, this is so obviously a scam, but here's the problem with it. If, if we had lived some, like lives separate from each other and then came together and the age timeline fit like hmm could 
could I have a son out there I don't know about? So there's that that could come up in the mind of somebody else. Didn't come up for us, obviously, hence our laughter. But what's the point of this? So I was talking to my brother. He's a computer software engineer and a programmer. And I was like, okay, Garrett, what, what's it the, what could they possibly get out of this? I mean, they're not asking for money, yada, yada. So he said, well, what they do, these kinds of scammers will begin you in a conversation or enter, you'll enter, hoping you'll enter into a conversation that could be as simple as um, confirming some things like, well, my mom said that your mother's maiden name was X or whatever. And it's like, no, 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 my mother's maiden name is such and such. And suddenly you're inadvertently, accidentally, unconsciously revealing information about yourself. Or suddenly maybe, maybe they do get a like land a fish or hook a fish and suddenly man this guy feels like maybe i really could be oh my goodness um you know are you sure you don't need anything i could send you some visa bucks cards or or what if i just bought you an airplane ticket or sent you the money for an airplane ticket suddenly you're looped in if you get one of these messages i'll, I'll be honest with you i almost engaged from a comedic standpoint i almost wanted to reach back out and say okay, you know, let's, and play the game and kind of push and prod a little bit and, and have, trust me, I'm going to do nothing but lose that game. So it just don't do it. It's not, uh, it's not worth it. You know, it just, so basically what I did is block it, obviously report, scam, block, all that kind of stuff. Tiffany did the same thing on her phone. So I just wanted to put that out there as a proviso. If you get one of these messages and, and I'm, here's what I find. If I'm getting them, they're going out to probably you know a million people a minute. So it's just worth taking a second, putting it out there. Nobody's gonna contact you through these means. And so what I said to my brother was too, was like, wait a minute, hold on. Well, it got me to thinking, that could this be a mistaken identity? And see, this is what they want. The, the scammers want you to start thinking, reasoning through this, like, wait a minute. Maybe it's not me. Maybe it's somebody I know, or it's a, maybe this is just mistaken identity. Why don't I ask a few questions? And next thing you know, you're engaged. Don't do it. That's why he says, do not do it. There's, these are farms all over the world. They're trying to just get you. Of course, he said, you and Tiffany are all over social media. You've got your own website with your phone numbers with all. I mean, it's obvious people can reach you and connect the dots between that ain't no rocket science to connect the dots with her cell phone and your Facebook. Don't respond. All right, fine. We, we blocked. We're going to ignore it. When we return, I want to talk about the golden shovel. Um, how optimistic is Chris' story, really? Uh, we're going to get tribal a little bit later. Plus, I want to talk about a magazine, a reporter for a, a national magazine uh, sent me an email asking a question, and I couldn't resist. I'm not going to answer them. I don't care to be part of their story. However, I want to share the story, at least the idea and the premise with you, the question that they asked, and I'm going to tell you how I would have answered it if I cared at all to be in the story, but I don't. So stick around. I'm Chris Story. We've got a lot more to come here on The Backyard Millionaire. You are listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm your host, Chris Story. You can find me online at ilovehomeralaska.com. Ilovehomeralaska.com. There is gold dust in the air. Catherine Ponder wrote that in 1964 in a book called The Dynamic Laws of Prosperity. It's a Bible-based book on success, and it's, it's biblical in nature. However, it's not, you wouldn't call it religious. It's just biblically based. It's an incredible book, and she makes the case. And I got this out of my grandfather's library. He left uh, two books by Catherine Ponder, in fact, in there. 
Um, and and this, this little line, this little quote, that there, there's gold dust in the air, breathe deep, has stuck with me for a lot of years. And one thing that's difficult for all of us, I don't think, I don't think there's, there's very few exceptions. It's a difficult thing to just imagine how are you going to get a hold of some of it, whatever it is, the success you seek, how are you going to get it? We had uh, Jim Anderson, our cousin Jim Anderson, in our offices yesterday at Story Real Estate, and he's doing consulting with our whole team. And he talked about letting go of the how and focus on the why. And there's such an incredible message for anything you wish to achieve, anything you wish to accomplish, do, have, whatever it is. And, and we went around to the, to the whole team, and some people's you know, goals are very travel-focused, health-focused, obviously service-oriented because that's what we do. We serve the public, we serve property owners and investors and buyers. And so when, when you hear that there's opportunity in your own backyard, there's opportunity, even though we have record high interest rates, record low inventory, all of these things are true. And at once also can be true that there is gold dust in the air. There is opportunity. There is reason to be optimistic. There's reason to be focused on what's good in the world and what's happening right for you and what could be going right for you. There's a barrier that you'll hear a lot from people, which is, I just don't know how, or maybe it's too late for me. Maybe it's too late in the world. This country is nearly lost. This world's nearly lost. Who cares? It's all going to hell in a handbasket anyway. No, it's not. And, and that's, that's kind of an excuse, and it's a bit of a cop-out. When you find yourself saying, ah, it's too late, then maybe it's time to get a bit of a reality check with yourself and say, hold on a second. If this desire lives within me, if it truly does, and it may not. So you may want to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you don't want that thing anymore. Maybe it's times have changed. Maybe you've moved on from what was a goal of yours to something new and different. And that's okay to refocus, reorient, change the compass setting on your ship towards where you want to go now. It's okay. But if you think that it's too late, but yet that desire is still there. Remember what Napoleon Hill said in Think and Grow Rich. He said, look, if you've got a desire... If it exists in you at all, you have the ability to make it a reality. I'll say that again. If you've got a desire within you for anything, whatever it is, if you really feel that burning desire, you naturally on board already have the ability to accomplish it. it. You have what it takes to make it a reality. doesn't mean you will, but you have what it takes. So if you recognize the difference, if you can recognize that that exists in you, this opportunity could be seized upon if you really want it, then you have every reason to go forward. Even if you don't know how exactly, how, how is it going to, I don't know. The opportunity, the, the means will present themselves if you'll just believe that you can do it. It's like becoming a backyard millionaire. It's not, the goal isn't to become a millionaire. That's not the goal. The goal is who you become in the process. In other words, it ain't about the money. Yeah, you're going to take the money. You're going to make the money. You're going to acquire the appreciation as you grow your assets and your assets continue to grow while you sleep. Of course, the money follows. But that's not the goal. It's not the point. The, really, the point is in the goal of becoming a backyard millionaire is who you become in the process. Remember Jim Rohn's famous quote, if somebody hands you a million dollars, you better hurry up and become right a millionaire. It's about the security for your future, for your your family into the future. That's what becoming a backyard millionaire is about. That's what transitioning from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset. 
that that leaves fingerprints that leaves marks on your family for generations to come yes you want the cash flow yes you want the passive income the assets that'll appreciate and i, I got to tell you appreciating assets of worth a, a, say a million dollars or more are far sexier than a million dollars cash sitting in the bank the dollar's getting worth less every day you know that so if you're not invested in some instrument that is earning appreciation is earning return for you your property your property becomes more worth more every day your dollar in the bank becomes less valuable every day so you have not missed the market that's another thing that we'll hear is, ah, i missed it i should have invested i could have invested i would oh, if only i would have 10 20 30 years ago it doesn't matter the market always cycles and there's always an opportunity it's like a merry-go-round there's always an opportunity to jump on but it looks risky when it's going fast and it is risky you could knock all your teeth out <laughs> What's your point, Story? My point is you just have to time it. You don't just jump. You don't just see it worrying around and go, I'm going to get on, boom. You could, you could get really hurt or you could go uh, flying off. So you want to time your jumping into the market, but you've not missed it. It's just not over. And what I'm talking about is moving your mind into a higher vibration, developing a higher consciousness, and you can literally attract all the good that you want. You see, money is literally attracted to us or it's repelled. And on the first 27 years of my life, I can assure you that I was not magnetized to that green energy. It used to stay away from me, and now it just keeps coming to me. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, where you are with what you've got. A question comes to me a lot. And this is whether you're a listener to The Backyard Millionaire on top of the world radio, or maybe you, you've read my books, The Backyard Millionaire or Born to Live. People will ask me, are you really that optimistic? Or people will even ask my family members, is Chris, you, is Chris always up? People will ask Tiffany if they meet her and they haven't met me. Like, is he, is he as happy like in real life as he is on the radio? Or is he, is he that optimistic really? And of course the answer is yes. And of course the answer is no. Right. Sometimes, I mean, the reality is optimism, positivity, you know, having that positive outlook. It's a practice, not any different than, say, being a Christian. You, just because you've read the book doesn't mean you're never going to stray or have a bad day. Uh, if you're into yoga or meditation or mindfulness, those are practices that we can obviously see as a practice. And if you let it go for a little while, you get out of practice. Optimism isn't any different, but for coming up on 16, what, almost 17 years, publicly, I've been putting myself out there as a profound optimist, meaning I'm working on it every single day. I got a message one day from a guy who didn't know me very well, but he, he knew of me, but he didn't know me, but he just goes, you know, all this, is, all this BS is easy for you to say. You know, you've got a great business, blah, blah, blah. Easy for you. And I said, actually, friend, it's not. The reason I say these things, the reason that I'll share a message about whatever you can conceive and believe you can achieve is because I'm practicing it. Sometimes I'll forget it. Sometimes I have to borrow belief from my family. Sometimes Tiffany has to remind me, no, you can do this. Sometimes I have to borrow that belief. Sometimes I'm, um, I I'm never faking it here with you, but there are times that just preceding to the show, I get some bad news or I get something that's really challenging. And what do I do? I have to go into a practice and a state of mind that allows me to show up here for you. Because I'm not gonna show up here and share my bad day. Why would I do that? 
That's, that's nonsense. But even if I don't show up here, if it's a day that I'm not on air or not recording for the podcast or not writing um, in my, my new book coming out called The Schoolyard Millionaire, it's positive. It's uplifting. I can't, can't let negativity infect that work. So it takes a practice daily. And my morning routine sets my day up for that, for this positive optimism. And yet I can still falter and fall. I'll give you an example. Yesterday, one of my best friends said this. Yeah, somebody, <laughs> I was talking to somebody the other day and they said, oh, Chris Story, he's a goon. Goon? What? And so it was, it was, I laughed to keep from crying when I, but, but seriously, some, I started laughing like goon, who would call me a goon? Oh, no, no, I, it doesn't matter who. And so like within the span of 60 seconds, I went from who on earth would call me a goon who thinks I'm a goon? What? And then in full circle, full cycle, I uh, opened my phone. I went to Safari. I went to Google. And I said, give me the definition of goon. There it is. Stupid, foolish, or eccentric. I glommed onto eccentric and said, yes, I am a goon. I am eccentric. <laughs> and then I remembered Les Brown's famous quote, Somebody else's opinion is none of your business. Somebody else's opinion of you is none of your business. And here's the other flip side to it. Seth Godin talks about this in his books about, like, if you're going to take the praise, you have to take the criticism. You can't just believe only the praise you get. And the, oh, you're awesome. Thanks for this and that. You can't believe all of that and then discount 100% the criticism. So you have to take both in stride. So somebody else's opinion is not of you is none of your business. I am not cloying. I am not needy. I don't care what you think. You're not getting to me. You're not getting to me. I've lived <laughs> a life that's <laughs> I traveled east. Mommy, somebody called me a goon. <laughs> much more than this. I did it. Yes, I did it my way. And I, I loved being able to just talk about a practice. Optimism is a practice. I just demonstrated to you inside of a 30 second, no, 60 second window. I went from a gut punch to, all right, I'm a goon. Yes, I am eccentric. I wear a hat, a red hat with white lettering that says BYM. Nobody knows what BYM is. That's eccentric. You and I know it stands for Backyard Millionaire. I planned each chartered course, each careful step along the byway. More, much more than this, I did it my <laughs> Yes, Frank and I have that in common. I've got on my desk right now. So Reagan is sitting in a chair, a beautiful little King Charles Cavalier Spaniel, nine years old, beautiful boy. He's sleeping on a chair in front of me. You might be able to hear him snore in a moment. He's a pretty loud sleeper. And then Tallulah, our little six month, no, five month old King Charles Cavalier Spaniel. She's in her little soft crate over on the floor. And on my desk is a little golden shovel, a little tiny teaspoon sized golden shovel. And next to it is the backyard millionaire commemorative coin. Only 100 made, will ever be made, only 100. 
If you want one, enter to win right now by sending me a text message at 907-299-7653. I've got one to give away today, just one. And I want you to send me your favorite quote, whatever it is, whoever it's by, your favorite quote that comes to mind right now, 907-299-7653. If you do that, I'll tell you what, I'm going to double the gift. I'm going to give you the Backyard Millionaire Coin and a gift card to AJ's Old Town Steakhouse and Tavern in Old Town Homer. You deserve a night out on the town. Make it AJ's Old Town Steakhouse. Send me your favorite quote right now, 907-299-7653. Much more to come here on the Backyard Millionaire. I did it my way for You're listening to the Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Thank you for being here today. Mr. David Webb is your engineer and producer, backup of the mothership of KPEN and KGTL AM and FM, brought to you courtesy of Horizon Wireless. If you want incredible, fast wireless network here in the Homer Anchor Point area, in the Nilchik, southern tip of the peninsula, here's what you're going to do. Do what we did. Call 226-3130-226-3130. David Becker and I were like, wait a minute, how are we going to get the broadcast from West Hill, corner West Hill on the highway? at Story Real Estate, the nerve center of all things possible and prosperous, all the way back up to the mothership. How are we going to do it? Horizon Wireless. That's how we did it. That's how we do it right here. 226-3130. 226-3130. If I'm going to do this, I'll need my news team at my side. News team! Assemble! All right, news team assemble. It's time to get tribal here on the Backyard Millionaire. You are the average. Listen to this and see if you agree or disagree. I think you'll agree. This is one of my favorite quotes. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jim Rohn. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So as you get tribal, as you assemble your news team, as you assemble your tribe, the people you spend the most time with, look around. You're going to be the average of them. And that could be a great thing or you could be looking in kind of like, like pulling at your shirt collar right now going, oh boy, ow. But it's true. I don't think there's any way around it. You're going to become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think as you think about this from an investor's standpoint, now, this is what your, this, your tribe matters. Remember, in the Backyard Millionaire book, which is a parable, by the way, it's not a how-to, it's a, almost like a why-to more than a how-to, but there is a lot of data in it, but it's done in such a way that I think it's just a really relatable, fun story to read. And Oscar, the mentor, talks about, to August, the two circles. You have two circles, one by proximity and one by choice. Look, where you work right now may be out of your control. Maybe you don't do the hiring and firing, so you're not going to be able to really control the five people you spend by proximity the most time with. But where do you spend the most leisure time, recreational time, inspirational time, news time, all of that kind of stuff. So as you think about it from an investor standpoint, if you call up your real estate broker and they're probably the wrong one, find somebody else to put in your circle. Mortgage brokers matter. Licensed home inspectors matter. Contractors, specialty in general. 
You need all of these people in your circle, in your tribe, your banker. Now, you might want a banker outside of just a mortgage, not just a, but you know what I mean, in addition to a mortgage broker, because bankers have a place in quick, short-term money. Let me give you an example. I got into a situation one time where I had an opportunity, maybe that's a better way to say it, rather than say get into a situation. I had an opportunity to really do something cool and pick up a multifamily property, um, a duplex, but I needed to move quick. Didn't have time to deal with a mortgage, didn't have time to deal with all that, so I called my banker. Banker made it happen. That, that's great, you gotta have two of those relationships, not just the mortgage broker, but also a banker. Handyman, handy people, handy they. Now let's go with handyman. You still need a handyman, you need a handyman that's a bit of a jack of all trades. We've got one who's, who's mildly retired now. So he's still my go-to and I make him tell me no. Like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. But I always give him the opportunity to say no. Uh, and then we move on. Licensed electricians need to be in your tribe. Licensed plumbers. Um, I did some plumbing. I can do some plumbing. Just because I can doesn't mean I should. There's a big difference between being able to wire nut a light together and rewiring a switch, three-way switch or whatever, or, or dealing with a breaker box. I got to be honest with you. Every time I open the panel of a breaker box, I get incredibly nervous. And you know when you're driving down the road and you start to see a telephone pole or something and your eyes start to avert and you're like, oh, no, don't run into it, don't run into it. I see the the bus bar or whatever on the, you know, like where the main feeders, the, the cable comes in from uh, your power supply, comes into the breaker box and spreads out and is bolted in, you know, these aluminum wires are bolted in these two things. I immediately want to touch it. And I'm like, ah, stop it, get away from it. I mean, or like the screwdriver in my hand, suddenly going to fly up and touch. No, but I, I just won't touch. I will not touch breakers other than flipping them on or off. Uh, maintenance pros, you need people that know how to paint and not only know how to paint, but like to paint. Uh, flooring experts, appliance repair folk, uh, a real estate attorney, and estate planning. These are all people that need to be on your inner circle. It's also good to add into your inner circle like-minded investors, like-minded people who see the world Similarly, to you, not, you don't have to agree on everything. You don't have to constantly be in agreement. You can challenge each other, push each other, get out of comfort once in a while. But on the same time, if you have a like mind view of the world, uh, you're going to help grow each other and lift each other up. Mentors, you need mentors in your life. Those that are on top or those that are on their way to the top. All of that matters when you're talking about your tribe. So again, back to one of my favorite quotes you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Speaking of quotes, we've got them coming in. Yeah, got quite a few. These are some good quotes coming in. If you'd like to share your favorite quote and enter to win, we've got a backyard millionaire coin, only have 100. It's a commemorative coin. Only 100 will ever be produced. It's it. Our annual coin. This is our third year running. This is going to be it, there'll never be any more, so you'll have one out of 100 in the entire world, and a night out at AJ's Old Town Steakhouse. We'll give you a gift card for AJ's plus the Backyard Millionaire Coin, Millionaire Coin. If you'll join Todd, Steve, Troy, Matt, and Max, and Jamie, and Jill, and Jeff, you just keep those coming in. We'll get to our favorite quotes. Text right now, 299 I want to share this with you. I got an email 
from a reporter, National Magazine, and they're asking if I would share my thoughts on this. And I'm not going to, I, it's too short a deadline and I just don't care enough about the topic to actually put time into answering the question to, uh, just so I can be featured in this magazine article, but I did wanna share it with you. Here's the thing, um, the question came in, do realtors using pets in their marketing create a connection? In other words, if I, if I put out a picture in the Landon Homes magazine or on the, the, you know, the shopping cart or in the paper or wherever on my website if I, or Facebook, if I put a picture of myself and my pet there, the question is, from a marketing perspective, does it create a connection? So instantly, I went, I went back to the beginning of my career, I've, I've always thought that the the glamour shots, the the, the eighteen year old, you know, like the, the like super old, like high school graduate, whatever picture that realtors are famous for using, or the power pose, you know, with the jacket over the shoulder, and um, you know, whatever. I've always thought these to be silly, cheesy, uh, and I've loved for my entire career making fun of it. And it's tongue in cheek because I'm one of them. You know, you go look at my website or my Facebook right now and you'll see a picture that, you know, is probably eight years old of myself. And it's, um, we hired a photographer. But when I really go out to market, I like to make fun. And I'll give you an example. One of my favorite ads I ever did, and I think it did make a connection. And I'll, I'll tell you, it actually made a very incredibly deep connection with some people was right around shorebird festivals. So, you know, Homer's famous for the shorebird festival. These little birds travel, these migratory little birds will travel from South America to Homer. It's an amazing journey. It's epic, of epic proportion. I love them. I cannot wait for the spring to see these little creatures show back up. And in fact, they made their way into, by the way, into my book, The Backyard Millionaire. Oscar teaches a lesson around the shorebirds and so forth. I'll let you read it. You can find out for yourself. But I love them. I think they're fantastic. And I love that this community uh, puts together a festival every year around it. I think it's great. It's wonderful, economically speaking, artistically, culturally speaking. And just, I love it. I love everything about it. But I could not resist putting an ad together where I was um, photoshopped into Colonel Sanders. And I said in the ad, contact the story team for our favorite shorebird recipes this festival season or something like that. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. You did too. You're laughing right now. You thought it was great. Well, a couple people didn't understand I was mocking the real estate market. Uh, didn't understand I was mocking realtors. I was mocking ourselves and just being funny and facetious and self, you know, deprecating and all that. Um, and <laughs> so somebody came to my then broker and was outraged. Doesn't he know you can't eat shorebirds? They're a protected migratory species. You can't eat shorebirds. And she said, well, you see he's dressed as Colonel Sanders, right? Come on, Chris. You got to look really welcoming. I'm trying. Come on, arch your back more. I'm I've arched as far as I can. Come on, Chris. You want to lose another sale? Arch your back more. Uh, I got it. Ah! Ah, that's good. We got it. <laughs> uh, leave it to the kids at South Park. Even they're making fun of real tours. You want to join a revolution? 
Maybe it's not a revolution. Maybe it's a rebellion. I want to start a rebellion. I want, I, hold on. Before you start calling the feds and Homeland Security, just hear me out. I want to start a rebellion. And the truth of it is, I can't do it without you. And we need to spread this message far and wide. So I, I've got an article I want to talk about just briefly. Not going to spend a lot of time on it, but it's going to impact America, generationally speaking. And I think it's time, high time, for you and I to, well, start a revolution, start a rebellion. We can do it together. Uh, so you'll have to stick around for that. Right now, let's talk a little bit about investing. Poor people usually spend their money and invest what's left. That's the philosophy of the poor. Now here's the philosophy of the rich. Rich people invest their money and spend what's left. And here's the startling answer. It really doesn't matter what the amount is. What's most important is not the amount. What's really important is the philosophy. So I would ask you to adopt this philosophy of spending after you have invested. Invest first, then spend. A great book to add to your millionaire library is called The Richest Man in Babylon. And my brother and I will talk about this once in a while that um, dad gave Garrett and I really good and sound advice that I don't think I understood it at first. It didn't make a lot of sense to me when he was saying it, pay yourself first. It's like, well, pay myself. I don't know what you're talking about. I, I just got, he explained it and he more than explained it, dad demonstrated it. And that was something that um, has benefited us both, Garrett and I both through the years of pay yourself first. Income comes at a couple different forms. Obviously you are gonna have your gross income. Some of you are W-9 workers, some of you are 1099 work, W-2 workers I should say, some of you are 1099, some are self-employed. Um, irrespective of how you make your money, pay yourself first means as soon as you set aside for Uncle Sam or paid Uncle Sam, Set aside an investment for yourself. Invest in yourself first. That's how it made it into the Backyard Millionaire Creed. Invest in yourself first before you invest in any other endeavor. Invest in you. We're going to talk about how to measure your own rate of return. Plus, we'll start a rebellion when we return to the Backyard Millionaire. Stick around. You're listening to the Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story along with Mr. David Webb. Spinning the tunes all the way back up to the mothership of KPN and KGTLAM and FM. If you want to hear this program back or any of our other over 800 shows now, accumulated at ilovehomeralaska.com forward slash podcast, that'd just be great. It would tickle me pink. However, if you would like to get immediate access, you can always follow either show on Top of the World Radio or Backyard Millionaire wherever you get podcasts. We're on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, all the podcatchers, whatever type of phone you've got, you can find me there. Follow the show, rate and review, share it with a friend. Now, let's start a revolution. You say you want a revolution. Well, you know, we all want to change the world. So, I've got this article here. Times of India reports Chinese billionaire, second biggest foreign owner of U.S. land. A Chinese national who has made for his fortune 
from online gaming has emerged as one of the most significant non-American holders of land in the United States. Chen Tinquato owns 198,000 acres. It's all in the confidence of pronunciation, by the way. 198,000 acres of Oregon timber land, making him the country's 82nd largest property owner. And according to the Land Report's latest ranking, he's 50 years old, 198,000 acres. How did this happen? And it's nothing, before the xenophobic comments come, here's a question. Can any Chinese person actually own anything? The reality is the CCP could at any minute, the Chinese Communist Party could at any minute flip a switch and that property becomes that of the state. It's called nationalizing. They can do it at any second, any will, any time. As a Chinese billionaire, it's only at the pleasure of Xi Jinping and the party in the moment. In the moment. So he's a billionaire in the moment. It, like that becomes the party's property. In America, almost 200,000 acres of timberland in America. How many hundreds of thousands of acres have also been sold to Chinese people of Chinese citizenship of farmland? So I don't understand it. I honestly don't understand, A, how we allow that to happen as a country, number one. Number two, why are you selling it to them? The rebellion is not to start infighting, but let's just take that story out of it for just a moment. How about BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard? The World Economic Forum, Federation Forum, wants you to own nothing, wants you to become a nation state of renters, wants you to become a group of people, a whole generation, if not multiple generations of people who just accept, eh, I don't really need to own. I'm happy with 15-minute cities. I'm happy with utter totalitarianism because it's comfortable. I don't mind. All right, let these $10 trillion under management, BlackRock, $10 trillion. And they are buying up, gobbling up, properties all across the country, single family homes and otherwise. Why? So here's a turf war I'm not willing to, to succeed. I'm not willing to back down from this fight. I think we need to take it to them. You need to own as much of your own backyard as you can. You need to encourage people to own as much of their own backyard as they can. You should be investing in your community. If you allow your backyard to be bought up by corporations or global interested elites, and people of the Chinese Communist Party. I love the Chinese. I do not love communism. I do not love and wouldn't bow the knee to anything that the CCP says. I once had a friend who was an investor and he was talking about how their corporation was gonna be moving a factory over to China. And he kind of said it with a bit of a Cheshire grin that when he asked how could we guarantee enough engineers to work here and the party leader said, oh, we will get them. And he kind of, I was like, that's, that's slave labor. I don't, I don't cotton to that. Uh, obviously, hypocrites alert, hypocrite alert. I've got a, a Chinese-made cell phone sitting here made by children in China, of course. Terrible sweat shops in Kandy Of course, my Apple phone, of course. But I'm suggesting that we take this rebellion a bit seriously in that you and I invest in our own backyard as much as we can. See, America's an idea that's backed by land. America's an idea that's backed by land like the dollar, the U.S. dollar used to be backed by gold. 
Now we have a fiat currency that's becoming worth less every day, worthless, worth less every day. And if, if you and I allow the Fort Knox of American land to be sold off to BlackRock and foreign actors, if you and I allow this, I predict two generations from now, you'll not recognize this country. Not talking about you know the American dream. Your American dream isn't a McMansion. The American dream it isn't a home. The American dream is your right to home ownership. Your Fifth Amendment protected property rights shall not be shall not be taken from you without just compensation. I'm sorry, but when you sell to BlackRock, when you sell to a Chinese-owned entity, you're selling out your country. You can, you can push back on that if you want to. You can tell me how I'm wrong. I, I welcome your criticism to that argument. But my point is, if you are willing to allow other people outside of your own best interest in your community to own more of your community, you're inviting the rebellion. It, it's already started. The war's already started. And we're on the losing side of it, but you and I have a history. We have a history in this country of winning when we're an underdog, and I think we can still do it. Buy and hold locally, buy your own backyard, join the rebellion and become a backyard millionaire. Encourage as many people as you can to join in this rebellion, join in this effort. Let me share a quick story. And this isn't to impugn anybody who would do differently or has done differently, not in the least, but I had a client who had a hot property. At the peak of multi-offers, at the peak of having five, six, eight offers on the table day one, at the peak of the pandemic, this particular person had a, a vacation rental property. They'd been using it as a, a primary residence, moved out, moved out of town, had it as a, as a vacation rental, put it on the market with me. We received multiple offers instantly. She reviewed them all. She accepted one from a young person, a young mother who wanted to move back to Homer. She accepted an offer that was $35,000 less than a competing cash offer from somebody out of town that wasn't going to live here, that wasn't going to make this their home. I'm not saying every single one of us can make that choice or ought to make that choice. And being able to make that choice is a, is a, it's a big deal. That's, that's, that's real money. That's real money. So, but I am suggesting that we have control over the levers of what happens to our country. Fair market value is defined by what a reasonable price that a, a willing buyer will pay and a seller will accept. You both make up the market. You both are affecting our market and way of life. Who you sell to, how you sell, and for what. So think about this. I welcome any comments and feedback. If you disagree, you're not going to hurt my feelings. 907-299-7653. Anytime. Happy to talk about it. Let's go to the phone and figure out who's getting the Backyard Millionaire coin and the dinner at AJ's Old Town Steakhouse. Let's see here. Um, let's see here. Matt's got a quote. Delete the negative and accentuate the positive. Donna Karen. I like that, Matt. That's a good quote. Uh, let's see here. Steve says, put your life in God's hands, but don't sit on your hands. That's a good one. Todd says, I have vision and the rest of the world wears bifocals. Paul Newman in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's funny. My dad and my uncle uh, both have tried to get me to watch that movie, but um, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Redford? 
why can't I think of his first name? Robert Redford. Um, I just, his beard in that movie bothers me. I just can't watch it. Um, but I'll take your quote, Todd. I like it. I have a vision and the rest of the world wears bifocals. That's good. Um, here's one. Mary's repeating back people's opinion of you is none of your business. I like that as well. That's a good one. Um, with a lack of knowledge, one re reacts in judgment. With knowledge, one responds in wisdom. That's a good one. I don't know who said that, but thanks for sharing it. That's very good. All right, there's more, but I've got to I've got to pick somebody here. I'm going to do it at random, otherwise it just isn't fair. Oh, all right, Matt, you're our winner. You're getting the gift card and the backyard millionaire coin. Thank you so much for participating in that. That was fun. And thanks to AJ's Old Town Steakhouse. You can make your reservation online at ajsteakhouse.com. I'll be there tomorrow night with my brother and his wife and my mom and dad. And Tiffany and I, we're going to be there at AJ's because we love it. That's our place to go out on the town and have an incredible meal and a great environment. It's just wonderful. AJ's Old Town Steakhouse. How can you measure your own ROI? You put a P in front of it. Your personal return on investment matters more to me than a talking head on television. I don't care what Jim says on CNBC or anybody else. I care about your personal return on investment. So if you sit down with me and I'm advising you on an investment or consulting or counseling you on an investment you wish to make, have made, want to return on, whatever, I'm going to ask you questions about your personal expectations, your personal outcomes. That matters way more to me than does what a trend line suggests and or what money managers or money profiteers would tell you. I want you to be happy with your investment. Ultimately, we need to look at your final destination, your goal. What do you want to do? What do you want to have? And what do you want this real estate to do for you? That matters. So ultimately, we have to look at your whole life, not just your portfolio. We look at your whole life. Like for example, I've made investments that didn't look that good to other people. Like one time Tiffany and I bought a house, and this is hard to believe. In today's market, it's hard to believe what I'm about to tell you is true. We paid $104,000 for a two-bedroom, one-bath, 840-square-foot home on a small 5,000-square-foot commercial lot. The home was six years old, $104,000. Unbelievable. Had a nice little view. It was in a commercial district. If we ever wanted to convert it to an office space, we could. $104,000. People said I was crazy for going over ninety-five. Well, we ended up selling it for a whole lot more money later. Don't always listen to the talking heads. Except for this one, I'm Chris Story. We'll see you next time on The Backyard Millionaire.